Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined once again today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Uh, these verses are uh, part of our scripture reading, one of our scripture readings for this coming weekend. And uh, I think there's a lot to unpack in these verses that are really going to help kind of flavor the sermon text. So the sermon is going to come from 1 Peter. Uh, with these words, we're going to see uh, kind of Peter's reintroduction into the uh, apostles uh, as Jesus forgave him for the obvious betrayals that take place. So we'll read verses 15 through 17 of, of John 21. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to them the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Um, when I think about Peter, when I think about, you know, maybe the first thing that comes to mind is the denial of Jesus. You know, there's a lot we know about Peter, probably more than almost any other apostle uh, in terms of those three years that he spent with Jesus. We hear a lot about Peter, a lot about his attitude. There's a lot we don't, many disciples we don't know much about or just a, a snippet here and there. So probably out of all of them, we probably know Peter the best. Um, and yet the one thing that Peter's probably known for above all would be the denial uh, of Jesus that on that the night that in which Jesus was betrayed, he followed Jesus into that courtyard and denied that he knew Jesus three times to the little servant girl and to those gathered around the fire. And uh, then, of course, the, the rooster crows, Jesus looks at him, and Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. Uh, and, and, you know, Jesus appeared to Peter after the resurrection, and no doubt Peter was overjoyed and happy that his, his Savior was alive once more. But I kind of wonder, as I, as I read through John, I kind of wonder if, Maybe Peter thought, you know what, I'm forgiven, but I'm not going to be an apostle anymore. I'm not going to be a disciple anymore. I don't think Jesus, uh, I don't think Jesus is going to want me as a, as one of his disciples. And so, you know, what we see here in John 21 is what's Peter doing? He's back on the fishing boat, you know, and that that brings us all the way back to the three years earlier when Peter was on a fishing boat all those years before, and Jesus said, "Cast on your nets." They hauled up that massive haul of fish. Jesus says, "Come, follow me." They forsook all and followed him. But now he's back on those boats. And, you know, you can't help but wonder if Peter just thought, you know what, I tried to be a disciple. I couldn't cut it. You know, and, and Jesus is alive and I'm sure he's forgiven me. Um, but he's not going to want me to be his disciple, his apostle anymore. And so here he is back on a boat. And in the verses just before our text, what do we see happening again? We see Jesus appears to Peter on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He tells him to cast down his nets after an unsuccessful fishing trip. They catch so much it's overwhelming. Uh, and Peter, what does he do? He jumps right out of the boat and he swims to his Savior. And they have this conversation around this the fire eating breakfast on the Sea of Galilee there. And we see this amazing conversation between Jesus and Peter in which Jesus reinstates him, you know, really. And Peter, you know, no doubt would have been full of wonder and, and not sure about whether what his role was in the New Testament church if Jesus had not done this and had not called him and, and once again said, you know, I want you to be one of my, my followers and I will, from now on, you'll be fishers of men. And so he has this conversation. And in these verses, uh, you can't tell this by just looking at the English, but if you go look at the Greek, 
there's a lot going on with the word love there. So, so Jesus asked Peter two times, do you love me? And he uses the word agape love. So he says, do you agape me? Do you love me with that unstoppable, never, you know, that unstoppable, undeserving love? And that's the love that describes that God has for us. And when Peter responds, he says, well, I phileo you. So Jesus asks, do you agape me? And he says, Lord, you know all things, you know I phileo you, which is like that brotherly love, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's that brotherly love, that kinship kind of a love. Um, And so Jesus asks, do you love me with the ultimate love? And he says, I I love you with a brotherly love, but I think I've shown through my actions and my my deeds that I can't fully love you. I'm incapable of that that perfect love because I'm a sinful human being. And that's what he said three years before that, depart from me from a sinful man. Now he's saying, you know, I can't perfectly love you, Lord. And then so then the third time Jesus asked him, do you, now do you phileo me? And he says, Lord, you know all things. You know I phileo you. So you know my heart. You know I can't love you with that perfect love. And I'm not going to claim to love you with that perfect love because I can't. Um, but I, I, I love you with that brotherly love. And I, I uh, and, and Jesus says, throughout this whole thing, feed my, feed my lambs, uh, uh, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Uh, so this calling to uh, now for, for Peter is to care for the souls that Jesus is going to entrust in him. And so this weekend for our sermon text, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, where now Peter's going to give these, mar- I'm call, going to call them marching orders, there is the, how the church is supposed to function. And so Peter you know, as as an early leader in the New Testament church, set up the New Testament church for us, and he lays out for us exactly our roles. So our roles as pastors for for you and I, pastor, uh, the role of of members for how we should respect members, the role for young people, the role for elders, and the interaction that's supposed to take place there, and most importantly, uh, uh, how we are to now uh, act with, towards one another and towards. Uh, our enemies, uh, to resist the devil, to stand firm against him, trusting in the strength of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what, what Peter does here. So uh, an amazing text where Peter is, once again, called back into the ministry, if you will, after his, he kind of resigned himself, uh, it seems. Um, but Jesus says, no, I need you. Um, you're not perfect. Uh, and that, that's sort of important for us, too, Pastor, to remember that, you know, neither one of us are perfect uh, in, in ourselves. Um, we have many flaws and, and problems and we spend lots of time together and you point out my flaws and I point out your flaws, which is a good and healthy thing to do. Um, but it's important for all of you listeners and members of our church to know too that you know, your pastors aren't sitting here claiming to be perfect. We understand we're sinners just like Peter and we've failed and we've denied our Savior too and our thoughts, words, and actions and the sins that we've committed. But Jesus calls us and he calls everyone back to, to the work of the ministry that, that yes, we are broken, sinful vessels but those are exactly the vessels God has called to be uh, the leaders and the, the leaders in his church and the deliverers of the gospel uh, uh, to his church here today. So I've been rambling for a long time. Pastor, any th- uh, additional thoughts on that section there? That's uh, all good stuff. I think uh, just coming back to I really like that part of Peter kind of quit, you know, the Lord, but the Lord didn't quit on him. He gave him not just another chance, but more chances. And that's such a blessing for us to hear because when we betray Jesus by not speaking up for him or not following his word or just deliberately falling into going into sin, and we repent of that like Peter did, uh, the Lord gives us those, those second chances and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and ongoing chances. But it's a good reminder, too, that he doesn't give us an indefinite amount of chances as well. He wants us to repent and come back to him and find strength in him alone. And Ultimately, I think it's really encouraging just to see how the Lord gently 
but really reaffirms that with Peter as well and for each one of us that yeah you, you messed up but I still love you and I still care about you and you still have the opportunity to serve me here so he really says the same thing to each one of us too absolutely let's pray Lord Heavenly Father we thank and bless you for your holy word which calls us back again Though we fail on a regular basis, your love for us knows no bounds. You love us with that perfect agape love, that, that love that loves despite the object of that love. Uh, because while we were still sinners, you sent your son to die for us, to be the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. Thank you, Lord, for this great love. Help and encourage us day by day as we seek to uh, continue the work that you called Peter to all those years ago and that you continue to call us to today, to share the good news of the gospel with all those broken souls who need to hear it as well. We pray these things in your name, and we pray you bless us this day. Amen. A number of announcements and reminders for you today. Uh, our midweek online Bible class last week finished the study of Mark, so that's been that study of Mark had been going for a year and a half, a long time, something like that. Yeah, so that finally wrapped up. Uh, so th starting this evening, there, you're going to be doing a study of John's epistles. Uh, anything you want to? Encourage people on with that, Pastor. What I really like in the first couple of chapters, we'll see this tonight, is that you know, a couple of our liturgies that we use on the weekends is directly our confession absolutions are based directly off that. It gets right into what uh, the positive view of fellowship is. Sometimes mm -hmm. we have this negative view of it, but there's a positive side of it: our fellowship with God, with one another. So I'm looking forward to jumping into that. But all three epistles are very pointed, very short, so a good time to. If you haven't been coming and want to, jump in tonight because um, these will go quick. Yeah, now's a great time to jump jump in if you were looking for a, an opening to study the, the epistles. And First John is, I don't know, one of my favorite books of the Bible. And it's just a, a, an awesome study, so I really encourage you to do that and to see the way John John writes and ties so many themes together. It's beautiful. So hope you can hope you can join us for that. We've also been talking about, Pastor Nauman and myself, just recently that we might be changing the time. So if the 7 o'clock time didn't work for you, and want to kind of voice that tonight to the group, jump online and say, oh, maybe 7.30 would be a better way, maybe 8 would be better, but I intend to ask the group tonight what they think about that. Yeah, we'd certainly welcome feedback from uh, from uh, congregation members on, on times for that. If you aren't able to join online tonight, shoot an email, text, yeah. call, whatever is easiest. Uh, open lines of communication here, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Coming up pretty quick next week, uh, There's uh, they're going to be working in the front entryway. They're going to be putting a new carpet down there, so there's that kind of green carpet that's getting pretty worn out and beaten up. Uh, the I think that's the final action of the SICK committee, uh, the Sanctuary Improvement Committee, uh, is uh, got that, that carpet installation happening, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, the tuck pointing has continued. We have that big old uh, boom truck uh, in the side parking lot over there, and uh, Blake and his two workers, Aaron and Oren, have been working hard to chisel out all the old old mortar in between the bricks and they're putting new chinking in uh, on the bottom and also way up top uh they've they've uh put a, a layer of uh stucco that's what it's called stucco uh so they've been stuccoing the the chimney up there it really really looks nice up there too and it's supposed should last quite a bit longer from what i've heard uh coming up next weekend august 13th that'll be next saturday at 9 a.m uh, our adopt a highway cleanup day is going to happen uh, we invite people to join us out there. We're going to have some donuts ready to go. Um, come meet us in Free Lot 23, which is right across from Quick Trip on Monks Avenue there. Um, it's, that's right on the north end of our section. So we'll start there, and then we just go two miles south down to 90. Um, we'll probably send some people to the bottom, to the south side, to work their way north. And some of us will start in the north and work our way south. We'll meet in the middle. So um, if you can, bring some gloves along. 
um, just helps with cleanup. Um, we'll provide all the uh, 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 vests and everything that you'll need for that too. Uh, the week after that is our outdoor adventure day. That'll be August 20th. Uh, we're planning on having a get together at Turtle Lot Park, a free pool uh, time. So uh, watch for more announcements about that, what time that'll be, but uh, that's the plan for that. Pastor Radical has been working with a number of our members on updating the track rack. Uh, he wanted to highlight some things with that today. You want to highlight that for us today? Yeah, we tried to clear out a little bit more space, move the bench around so that you can get to it, but we were trying to reorganize it. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but a lot of very dated things in there, so we're trying to update those over the next few weeks. So you'll notice it'll look a little bit different, and Lord willing, by this weekend, we'll have it labeled quite a bit differently, so it'll be a lot easier to find stuff. If you see guests that come in the church, and you know that there's a brochure for our church or our school, or we're gonna be working on new brochures as well, uh, go hand that to one of our guests. Go say hello. You know, let our guests feel welcome when they come. And using the track rack is a good thing to just say, "Hey, check this out." You know, glad you're here. Come again. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible to have those things available. Or if you need to take something, to go give it to someone else. You know, uh, the track rack is a good thing to have printables ready at hand. You know, where to look in the Bible, all those kinds of things. Uh, there's funeral information there for our cemetery. Lots of good stuff. We'll try to keep highlighting that in the future and in the bulletins as well. Awesome. Uh, coming up really quick here, um, uh, startlingly quick, is the beginning of the, the school year. Uh, we are less than three weeks away. August 22nd is our first day of school. August 18th, the Thursday before that, is our open house. So coming up quick, that first day of school, we'll have a, our, our opening service, which everyone in the congregation is welcome to come and attend. Uh, normally get a pretty good turnout from our, our uh, families, and, and even those who may not have kids in school, you're welcome to come and uh, worship with us and pray for our school and pray for the, the work that our students and teachers will do. And please continue to keep all of them in your prayers in the coming school year. As far as our prayer list for today, uh, you may have hopefully heard through the email, Pastor Radical has received the call to Linwood, Washington. Uh, what's the name of the church out there, Pastor? Redemption. Redemption Lutheran Church. And they have a school too, right? Yep. It's a suburb of Seattle. It's northeast of Seattle area within the hour. Uh, the congregation's a little bit smaller. It's got 75 members or so. The school's pretty small right now. Uh, they've got a handful of kids, but there's a ton of outreach opportunity in the area and a very, very liberal area. So they're one of the few conservative churches out there. So they definitely need someone there to continue to help lead the charge. Yeah. Yeah. I think so there, there's two churches in the Seattle area there, and neither both of their pastors have moved away recently. So uh, the closest pastor, I think, is our former vicar, Drew, who got the call to serve as vacancy pastor. So he's in Spokane, Washington, which I think is like a five-hour drive away on the other side of the state. Um, so I'm not sure if he's accepted that yet or not. Yeah, but yes. he has. Okay, so yeah. he's, he's going to try to support these two churches, but from five hours away. So right. definitely want to keep our brothers and sisters in Christ over there in our prayers, these two congregations, Linwood and Tacoma, who uh, are without a, an under-shepherd right now. So keep them in our prayers. And we certainly keep you in our prayers, Pastor, and you know, pray the Lord would lead you according to his will and uh, uh, see where, what the Lord has in mind for you and us and them and uh, pray the best for his kingdom. Thank you. Uh, coming up this weekend, the Porky's trip is taking place. Pastor Radical's heading up for that. Uh, you want to talk about what that, that is? Yeah, I probably didn't do a very good job announcing that. We've had posters on the different bulletin boards for months, but um, basically it's the Porcupine Mountains in northern Michigan. We kind of team up with Eau Claire. Uh, there's a handful of us that are going this year. As far as students go, it's 
going into eighth grade and high school that can go and ultimately it's roughing it you know we got to boil our own water we're cooking our own food and we bathe in Lake Superior so do a lot of hiking and devote lots of devotions and so it's a, it's a good time um, exhausting but it's also a lot of fun and I think the the campers really enjoy it too spend some time in God's creation and um, hopefully we don't get dumped down with rain and so forth. So. Well, blessings on that. Hope you have fun and uh, come back safe. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we also keep in our prayers uh, Hillary's sister, uh, Carrie Dale, again dealing with that terminal cancer diagnosis. Uh, pray that the Lord would give her peace through this time in her life. Keeping Val and Bev, Val Landon and Bev Menton in our prayers. They're both recovering from those broken hips and pray the Lord would continue to give them strength through this time and allow them to return to full strength and return home. Uh, Val is home. Bev's still uh, on a rehab facility. Uh, yesterday, uh, one of our members, Fred Brandt, was rushed to the emergency room. Um, I have not heard back yet regarding what took place with that, but it was kind of a scary situation, and we pray the best for, for Fred and for his family, and especially his wife, Phyllis, as well. I also pray on behalf of Tom Jensen, uh, who Tom is a, a member over in Sleepy Eye, but he and his wife have recently moved to back to Mankato, and they're going to looking to transfer membership here to Emmanuel. So I visited Tom up in the hospital last week. Um, he's dealing with uh, pancreatic cancer. So we pray for Tom that the Lord would give him healing uh, of, of body, but most of all, remind him of the comfort of uh, his uh, the work of Jesus Christ for his soul there too. So um, a tough situation for them, uh, but uh, we know the Lord's will is good for them and for us all. Which brings us to our uh, study, continuing study of Proverbs. Um, today we're going to jump uh, jump forward a chapter into chapter 2. Uh, Pastor, you want to lead us through the verses you had in mind for our study today? Yeah, so uh, Pastor Nama and I were talking that it would be nice to, for as long as we we're going to plan to do this, is just go through, highlight parts of the chapter, each chapter of Proverbs. Last week we talked about the beginning of knowledge and what wisdom is all about and why Proverbs focuses on that wisdom. And you know, if you read the rest of that chapter, one, it talks about shunning evil and the evil counsel and so forth. Psalm 1 talks about that. The call of godly wisdom is also part of chapter 1. And that really leads into chapter 2 very well when, once again, Solomon is speaking to his son, or you might think of the whole children of Israel group, or maybe you think of the father speaking to us too, again, applying our heart to wisdom. And verses 6 through 10 read this way, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. You know, uh, Pastor, with school right around the corner, one of the things I keep thinking about is you know, both of the courses that we teach for the high school. You, know, you, you teach symbolics, which talks a lot about in-depth world history theology. I teach comparative religions, which talks about all the different paths that people try to take to get to heaven. And ultimately, this proverb in verse 9 talks about every good path. But we know from Jesus there is only one path when it comes to heaven. So what's talking about here is wise paths to take in life, direction that the Lord gives to us. And what I really like about this is, well, where do we seek from that path? And it says in verse 6, from the Lord... And here again, Lord is all capitalized in New King James, which means it's referring to Jehovah. So it's the one true God. Jehovah gives wisdom. We don't look to other false gods for that. From his mouth specifically come knowledge and understanding. And ultimately, that is that shield. Proverbs also says later on, 
Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. So wisdom is trusting in the word of the Lord, the word of God, and what that word does for us. And without trying to say everything here too, there's, there's, there's some good gospel there in, in verse 10 as far as that wisdom and knowledge when it enters our hearts through the Holy Spirit, why it's pleasant for us. So without trying to comment on the whole thing, I'd like to hear your thoughts too. Yeah, I. there's a lot of places that people go for wisdom. You know, if you, if you want to grow in knowledge, you want to grow in wisdom, what do you do? Well, I think of our students, right? So you graduate from Emmanuel here. Do I want to continue my my education. So what, what's the thought there? Where do I keep going? And, you know, the, the, the answer to that many times, in many cases, well, I'm going to go to MSU or I'm going to go to college. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue my education. I want to keep growing in wisdom and growing in knowledge and worldly wisdom and worldly knowledge has its benefits and has its, uh, uh, you know, we need engineers, we need doctors, we need nurses, we need, you know, we need all these, all these things. But what, what God is telling us here in this proverb is that True wisdom, true knowledge, uh, really comes from from God and from His Word. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. You know, and that doesn't mean that the wisdom and knowledge you gain at MSU is worthless. I'm not. We're not saying that that at all. But all those things need to be colored and and enlightened by um, by a good and upright understanding of who God is and what He has done. Because if you take those wor- worldly knowledge and worldly uh, uh, wisdom. And extract from it God well now now it's you know you're ending up in a godless place it's not like it's not like church is a Sunday morning thing and the rest of the week is uh, uh, something else entirely entirely different life it's, you know we can't be this weekend warrior where on the weekend we go to church but the rest of the week we're uh, the knowledge is extracted as though they're two different things. And the world tries to do this, right? The world will try to tell you, well, you can either believe religion or you can believe science. Or the world will tell you you can believe you believe in God or you can actually be realistic about what's happening in the world. Um, but that's not the case. Our, who we are as Christians, who we are as followers of God, colors and enlightens and, and sanctifies every aspect of our life. So that math class you take in college, so that geology class you take in college, so that you know, sociology class you take in college, all those things, you can take and learn things from them, but also when you have that wisdom given from God, you can recognize and uh, uh, rebuke those the, the false things that are going to come about in every single different class you take. So when you go take that class on geology, there's going to be a ton of, of evolution in it. When you take that class in sociology, there's going to be tons of humanism in that class. Um, so no matter what class you're taking, and this is one of the things we try to communicate to all of our high school students is when you leave the walls of Emmanuel, when you go out to any other college, whatever it is, there are inherent dangers built into it. And what we're trying to train you to do is to say, here's that wisdom from God, here's that knowledge that you've received from your Heavenly Father, and these other things, and, and to watch out. And, you know, we think of all scriptures given by inspiration of God as prophets for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, in righteousness. Those four things, doctrine, especially reproof and correction, right? Those things we can say, well, here's a false teaching. This isn't according to God's word. These things that my teacher is telling me isn't right, so I need to be careful about those about about those ideas. Um, that's what we're training our children to do, is to go out and, and keep that core godly wisdom and then apply it to all these different things that we're we're learning in life too, because you're going to learn things from all kinds of different people of all kinds of different agendas, all kinds of different subjectivities in their minds, but only God's wisdom is absolutely true and pure. And that's why we need to be so careful and guarded about every word of God. Yeah. And in that knowledge, verse 10, 
when wisdom enters your heart, everything you just said, I, I, because it's like, what are we guarding? And it's ultimately the knowledge of the Lord. His knowledge is pleasant to our souls. It gives us that peace. So when I think, when I hear that phrase from verse 10, and his knowledge really, his knowledge is pleasant to your soul. It's that peace we have in Christ. And so that's the good news that we have in our Saviors. As we learn from God's word, it, it comforts and it gives us that peace and that pleasantness for our soul's salvation. Yeah. All right. That brings us to our hymn of the day today, hymn 627 in the Red Hymnal. Gracious Savior, gentle shepherd, children are all dear to thee. Gathered with thine arms and carried in thy bosom may they be. Sweetly, fondly, safely tended, from all want and danger free. Tender shepherd, never leave them, never let them go astray. By thy warning, love directed, may they walk the narrow way. Thus direct them, thus defend them, lest they fall an easy prey. Cleanse their hearts from sinful folly, in the stream thy love supplied. Mingled stream of blood and water flowing from thy wounded side. And to heavenly pastures lead them, where thine own still waters glide. Let thy holy word instruct them, fill their minds with heavenly light. Let thy powerful grace constrain them to approve whate'er is right. Let them feel thy yoke is easy, let them prove thy burden light. Taught to lisp thy holy praises, which on earth thy children sing, both with lips and hearts unfeigned, glad thank offerings may they bring. Then with all the saints in glory, join to praise their Lord and King. Amen. <laughs>